You're listening to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast, Episode 5, hosted by me, Robert Plotkin. Today I'm going to be speaking with Tiffany Schlein, an Emmy-nominated independent filmmaker, author, world-renowned speaker, and internet pioneer. Every week, she and her family engage in what they call a technology Shabbat, in which they unplug from technology from Friday at sundown until Saturday at sundown. Her film, Connected, explored our obsession with technology from a highly personal perspective. We're extremely pleased to welcome Tiffany Schlein to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Hi, Tiffany, and welcome to the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. Hello, it's great to be here. I'd like to talk to you about connecting with and disconnecting from technology. On the one hand, you're clearly not a Luddite. You've been on the web and promoting use of the web since its earliest days. You founded the Webby Awards. You're an innovator and using the internet to distribute and promote films. I could go on and on. And yet you also created what you call a technology Shabbat in which you and your family go technology-free for 24 hours every week. Could you tell us uh, what a technology Shabbat is and talk about the interplay between your love affair with technology and your need to distance yourself from it, at least some of the time? So um, we're married, we have children, and what really prompted it was uh, I'm part of an organization called Reboot, and they were doing a National Day of Unplugging. And we did it and it was amazing. And we just looked at each other and we're like, let's do this every week. And we call it our technology Shabbat. And it's been, you know, we're on our eighth year and it's been the best thing I think I've ever done in my life. It's just given me such a, such a sense of, um, balance and refocus. And I actually feel much more productive because of that one day off and a lot more creative and just much more grounded and, and, and the rest of the week, I'm just as addicted as everyone else. So it's not like, but it does, it does ground me for the rest of the week to have that. And even knowing, I mean, today's Thursday, I know tomorrow's Friday and I know I'll be off Friday night till Saturday night. And I look forward to that greatly because I'm working, been working really hard lately. So, um, it's just been this incredibly profound practice and it gets more and more interesting the longer we do it. Um, cause now we do have a teenager and it's very much part of her identity uh, she really looks forward to it too. She's written a lot about it as well. It's just, um, it's a really interesting exercise in the 21st century when everyone has got their, their, their head down, staring at their screen all the time. So it's almost like you're the only ones left for doing it. <laughs> like invasion of the body snatchers or something. And I'm curious, could you tell us exactly what is prohibited? I mean, you know, what, what really is the Shabbat? I mean, it's the screen, it's the screens. Like we're not Orthodox Jews. So it's not like, you know, Orthodox Jews, there's no electricity, nothing like we, you know, we, we are in our, we usually are to it's family day. We usually have a big Shabbat dinner. We have people over, we use the oven, we're cooking, we're having a wonderful evening, then, um, no screens. So Friday night, the iPhone goes off, the laptops go off, the iPads, TV, nothing, no screens at all. We got a vinyl record player, so we've been playing music with that. We did get an Alexa, which is a verbal command technology, but there's mm -hmm. no screens. To us, it's the screens is what takes you down the rabbit hole of distraction and not being present. So to have music in the house, we're either, either using vinyl, a record player, or um, 
Alexa again, which is like a verbal way to have music play. Um, but there's no screens for a day and we're doing art, we're playing board games, we're going outside and we're just being together. And then, and then Friday night, um, we go back on and my husband and I usually go on a date night. The girls have their technology date night (laughs) (laughs) and it's the best thing ever. I just, I cannot recommend it enough. It's pretty awesome. What would you recommend to people who either might be skeptical or just afraid of even trying it? Is there anything basic you could suggest? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I've written a lot about it and I've made quite a few short films about it. So I made this one short film called Technology Shabbat. So if you search my name, Tiffany Schlain, Technology Shabbat, you'll see this five minute film about it. I also then years later, because I felt so creative the next day on Sunday, I was fascinated with why I felt that creative the next day. And I made a film that looks at the neuroscience behind spacing out and letting your mind wander. And there's proven studies that you will feel more creative when you've let your mind wander, which we don't do anymore. So then I made another short film called a case for dreaming. Um, that's also about five minutes. And you know, I I've written about it where I give more details for Harvard business review and various other places. So if you search my name in technology Shabbats, a lot will come up. And I think any one of those, to kind of walk you through. And I, Oh, I also have, um, I made an infographic on like how you do it, what you do. And then there's also the national day of unplugging, which happens every year. That's a really great way to do it with the whole world on at once, which is how I started. Um, but to me, it's the practice, the weekliness of it. And, and, you know, during the course of a year, there's several weekends, where one of us has to travel to a conference or we're not to get, you know, and we don't do it because we can't. And I'll tell you, I feel very ungrounded when I can't do it. I feel like something's off kilter and, um, and I really miss it when I can't. So it's definitely just become a core part of my life. And I, I was just reading this book last night about habits because, you know, I, I will admit to you, I used to smoke, which is the worst habit in the world in my twenties. And of course I did it out of rebellion because I come from a doctor's family. But, um, you know, I remember, and I do think our addiction to technology is very similar to the way when I was smoking, I remember when I used to smoke and in mid cigarette, I would still want another cigarette. <laughs> and I'd be like, I have a cigarette. And that's very much like email. Like you're reading an email and you want to refresh to see if a new email's there. It's very similar. So, but I broke the habit of quitting smoking and I, with my family have done these tech Shabbats now on our eighth year, you can change. And I think a lot of, I was just with some families and someone said, Oh, my kids would never do that with me. And what, with that, I will say, guess what? You're the parent and parenting is a lot about modeling behavior and you run the household. So if you say that that's going to happen and make it fun, I mean, don't make it, I mean, we did it as like, this is a family experiment everyone has to do it. So, um, but I do think that we need to take back a bit of control that we've let go with the technology because it's just, it's interfering with every aspect of our lives. And it sounds like you're using it as an opportunity to spend a lot of time together, maybe not spending your whole day all together, but to be present with each other during that time. Exactly. 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 Yeah. And and maybe also for people who, who are concerned or worried about it, you said earlier that it actually helps you earlier in the week, the, the knowledge that it's coming. Yeah, I think when I'm feeling, you know, just knowing that there's a break coming, you know how they say that it's always good to look forward to something? It's that same mentality that I know every Friday, and you know, 
Well, let me finish that one thought is that every Friday I know that I am going to have that break and it's really clean. And even if I'm going, I just went through this really stressful period. We do an event called, we do two global events. One's called 50, 50 day and one's called character day. And they're very, a lot of work. And as hard as I was working, it really allows me to compartmentalize my stress. So as stressed as I might be on Friday, I'm like, oof, I'm letting that go. I have this incredible force field mm. around me now. <laughs> no one can email me. No one can text me. And I am in control of the emotions I'm feeling. Because normally all throughout the day, you know, you'll get lots of good emails, but you'll get a couple that will really stress you out. And that, mm -hmm. you know, especially the ones you check your phone right before you go to bed and there's something that stresses you out. It gets into your dreams. It ruins your night's sleep. Oh, my gosh. Why did I just let that happen? You know, I'm really trying to go to the next level of not using it as my alarm clock, my cell phone, but I'm not there yet. I certainly, you know, on the weekends, I don't use my phone as my alarm clock, but on the week I still do. So there's that temptation to check it right before you go to sleep. But um, I feel like I've really, it's taught me a lot about, okay, that's work time. And now I'm going to just let my mind not worry about anything. And turning off from technology really adds a lot of value to that. And it's interesting. I assume you do this at the same time as the traditional Jewish Shabbat, which would mean sundown. So it's not from when you wake up in the morning until you go to bed. And, and I wonder if having that time in the evening beforehand makes a difference, too. You, you said not checking your email right before bed makes a difference to you. Oh, yeah. I sleep. My best sleep is Friday night by far. It's by far like so Friday right before the guests come. So it's not like we're waiting for the sun to drop. We're not, again, it's more for us. We usually have people come over at 6.30. So at about 6.15, right before people get there, you know, we're focusing on making a big feast and, you know, everything goes off, the doorbell rings, and then we're off. And I sleep so well Friday night. I can't even tell you. It's like a whole world of difference. And, you know, the other thing that happens is that it slows down time because with technology, I mean, so often like, oh my gosh, how did it get to be five or... Things happen so quickly, but when you turn it off, your day feels so long. And, you know, what's the one day you want to feel long is your day off, which is Saturday. So it is like my husband and I still joke. We're like, oh, my gosh, what time is it? <laughs> it's only nine in the morning. You don't have the technology to kind of speed you up, which is what it does. Well, it sounds like your family has responded really, really well to it. Have there have there been any bumps in the road or were there initial hesitations or anyone pushing back on the idea? Uh, well, I've been curious, just, I've been really curious on my daughter as she's become a teenager and, you know, but we have bucked a lot of the normal peer pressure trends of adults. Like when she was in fifth grade, everyone's like, Oh, what kind of, what kind of smartphone are you getting your daughter for graduation? I'm like, I'm not getting her a smartphone. <laughs> and I was like, we don't want to do that. So we got her a flip phone, which she's had all throughout middle school. And now we're faced with that moment again, because it's almost graduation of eighth grade middle school. But, you know, she does very well in school. She still reads a lot. And I think a lot of people that don't read as much when you get a smartphone. So I'm trying to withhold that as long as possible. Um, but this is, you know, it's always a negotiation. We, you know, we also did a contract when she got her laptop, which we should probably revisit. But I guess I'm into like the technology is very powerful. It's amazing. Respect it and know when to take a break from it. What about um, other people? I mean, you spread this this idea and practice pretty far and wide. Now yeah. you've been doing it for a long time. I'm curious what kinds of feedback you've gotten from other people about how it's helped them or maybe what challenges they've had with it. 
Oh, yeah. I've gotten great emails that they do it since that, you know, I give a lot of talks and it's in a lot of my movies and they'll see it and then they practice it. And it, it, it just honestly makes your life better. I mean, I don't think there's anyone out there. I bet you if we talked to 100 people, no one would say, I don't think I'm on my phone too much. <laughs> no one. No one would say, I don't struggle with how much I'm on my phone or I'm not worried about my attention span. I mean, I have so many books by my bedside. It's very difficult for me to finish a book now. That did not used to be the case. I think everyone knows that it is changing them. How could it not? And it's the first young generation that have completely grown up with it. And I don't need any long-term study. Just like when you saw the doctor smoking in the doctor's offices, I don't need any long-term study to tell me that it's not good for my kids developing brains to be on it all the time. I don't. I know there needs to be a break. And so do you, do you think it's had some kind of um, long-term effect on your family, you know, in terms of how you relate to each other, even outside of the Shabbat time? Yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, it's a real time to reconnect. You know, I think a lot of, we do about four family dinners a week. Um, and, but that one day we're all very much together. It's like the day where we reconnect in a really great way. Um, so yeah, it's been really wonderful as a family. And also we, my husband and I usually get up before the girls do on Saturday on Shabbat. And, you know, I've been journaling since I was really young, but we, what we now do in the last several years is we pull out a journal that we write kind of our favorite moments from the week before and really specific. So not like I'm grateful for my health or not like that. We're like, I'm grateful for that. Like heirloom tomato with burrata and olive oil. I'm grateful when our daughter twirled in the rain or, you know, just like very specific moments. And we spent like the first half hour of our Shabbat writing in our, our journal. And, um, it is the best thing. Cause you know, there's so many studies that show what we already know, but to like focus on gratitude is just such a great thing for your well being. So, um, yeah, so that's been another thing that we do. That's been really great. And yeah, the whole thing has just been, you know, I hope we've done it. You know, the girls will have done it long enough that when they go to college that they will keep doing it. Um, cause I think it's the kind of habit that, I mean, I'm curious, I'm curious if there's going to get to be a point like there was with smoking where something will happen that'll make people use it less. I mean, I do think that the voice activated technology has been a really profound so it used to be if I turned on music on my phone using one of the streaming services, I'd be on my phone and suddenly I'd see a text and suddenly I'm down that rabbit hole. But being able, and I'm talking specifically about the Amazon Echo uh, speaker that we have in our kitchen, and I'll say, play Billie Holiday, and it'll just play. So that's the only thing I wanted it to do, and it did it. And I'm not getting input from work or the world. Right. <laughs> So I think that is pretty provocative. You know, I don't want that to, you know, my boundary. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure there'll be a point in a year where you'll be able to email through Alexa and all these things. And I don't, you know, I will always limit it to music and, um, or using vinyl, but I do think the voice activated because a lot of it is about that screen. I mean, you can just imagine in a couple of years when it's all voice activated. I mean, I struggle, we have like three remotes for our television I barely use that TV anymore because it's such a hassle to get anything on. 
So I'm mostly watching on this very small laptop when we have this big screen TV. You know, I'm a filmmaker, so we got this big TV. <laughs> and it's just too complicated. And I get frustrated. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't know why I went sort of talking about that. But the voice activated is interesting. Well, it's it, as a filmmaker, you, you know much more than I do about how visually oriented we can be. And maybe that's part of it, that looking at something, you know, for most people might just tend to draw us in and keep us in for a longer period of time. And I don't have an Alexa, but it sounds like um, they're also not at the point where they're generally proactively uh, saying things to you. No, no, it's just responding. Right. But that's the next phase that'll happen. I mean, you know, I mean, it's interesting, the whole as all this technology has increased the audio revolution, I mean, just this interview, even, I mean, I've gotten so into podcasts when I drive now and it's so intimate and like, I'm sure people listening to our conversation right now, like when I drive into work, which is about a 45 minute drive, I listen to podcasts and it's wonderful. I mean, I love the audio experience. I think the screen just kind of takes over all senses and that's problematic. Yeah. Yeah. It it tends to, to suck you in and, and keep you there. I'm also curious, and I certainly don't know the answer. Um, your kids are of a certain age, and I've spoken to people speculating about whether you know the next generation will have an, an easier or a harder time. Um, you know, potentially because it's all they've grown up with and didn't have anything different as a baseline. You know, lack of screens at all. Um, although we just had. Um, Sherry Turkle uh, give a presentation at MIT in which she said she couldn't demonstrate it yet, but there were some signs that the younger generation now who grew up with parents who were addicted to screens are actually pushing back somewhat. Yeah, uh, um, I have heard it. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, there's, I have seen people more flip phones by choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just curious how far that will go. I mean, you know, I guess I just knew it had to be a boundary that we created. The world's not going to do it for you. I mean, I'm sure you're guilty of this sometimes, too, is texting uh, in your driving or something that we're not supposed to do. And, and you know, the technology companies and the auto industry, they could stop that from happening. Right. There is technology that the phone feels the car moving. It doesn't text or let you do anything. But they're not doing it. And so... At what point, how many deaths are going to happen? And I even worry about this myself. I get a text from my babysitter when I'm driving. You know, I will look at it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And so what is it going to take? I, you know, we're human. We're, we're Pavlovi. We're like responding to that ding. And, you know, I've turned off all the notifications just after the election. It was so stressful. I was on all these notifications and I've really just made a choice that I, I cannot, I can't receive the news that way. I'm curious then how, how do you read news now then? Cause I, I wake up, I have my coffee. I read the New York times app and trust me, if something big happens, you find out I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on email, but I just, I can't have that thing dinging me when, whenever Trump does something stressful, which is often and much. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so you know you're you're choosing to engage at a certain time, and you might even do it as a as a habit, uh, develop it as a habit to do it at the same time every day. Exactly. Yeah, 
Yeah, I we haven't talked yet about your film Connected. I think you mentioned it briefly. And, you know, one of the things that struck me, I made a note about a term you used, which was the infinite dopamine loop. You know, not just not just a single hit of dopamine, but us going back for more, uh, engaging often with technology to get another hit and then on and on and on. Yeah, that film, I that's a great. I'm glad you brought up Connected. I didn't even mention that. Yes, that was my first film that I really went deep on it. That's an 80 minute feature documentary. And. Yeah, I mean, they've got all the research on why we're so addicted to it. But can we rise up and break the cycle of smoking or break a cycle of checking all the time or being on all the time? Yes, we can. And I think people need to remember that they have that power. So when people are like, oh, I, I couldn't do that, I can't do that. Yes, you can. <laughs> Just focus your mind on it and you can do anything. Well, and, you know, you're doing it with your family, which, you know, may say it's easier to do it with other people rather than alone. I think that is true. But some people say, well, I'm single. Well, you can do it with a friend. I mean, there, I am in a family, a uh, traditional family, but you don't need to. I mean, I, I, I'm a child of divorce. I know what that looks like too. A lot of friends that are single, you can just have a best friend and you're like, let's do this together. I mean, it is easier to do. It's always easier to do things with someone else because they hold you accountable. Yeah. And you can talk with them when it's hard. And maybe because there's a lot of social pressure to be engaged with technology all the time. Yeah, but I think it's ultimately making people less interesting. I think you, there needs to be more introspection. I mean, I'm finding I'm craving alone time. I'm craving time to just think and uninterrupted. I'm craving it. I never was like that when I was younger. I just like, I need my alone time now. <laughs> <laughs> I need time to think. I just don't get it. It sounds like in addition to the 24 hours a week of the Shabbat that you're, you are disconnecting in smaller ways throughout the week. Yeah. And also lately I've been doing something, which is I've been trying to really go to bed early and get up at five. And so from five to seven before my kids are up, getting up and writing, doing creative thinking, because I, it, you know, I, I have thought a lot about creativity just from this unplugging. It's made me really think about what makes me feel most creative. And the early morning before all the emails have come and attacked you, um, <laughs> that definitely makes me feel more creative. Yeah. Another way of trying to take control of your time. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of this is about. Maybe we can spend a couple of minutes talking about connected, uh, which which was a film that, as I understand it, you had started out intending to be solely about our relationship to technology and, and distraction and, and attention, and then became about both that and about your father um, after he was diagnosed with cancer and about interconnections among people and his own work, which maybe you could talk a little bit about. Yeah, my father... Um he had a lot of theories about the rise of technology. He, you know, he believed that um, he was looking at why cultures became patriarchal and he linked it to when the written word, we used to be a very image based society and women were in power then. And then when the written word was introduced, that societies turned patriarchal and all the gods went from goddesses to gods and women 
were denigrated in power. And he saw the rise of technology and more image-based culture going along with the rise of women in society. Um, and so he wrote a lot about that and we were incredibly close. He was my best friend. And then he, and he wrote a lot about the brain and neuroscience and, um, and then he got brain cancer. And so, yeah, it was a very difficult period, but we were again close. So I talked to him about kind of all of it and dying and, and yeah, so I ended up making this feature film that kind of interweaves the story of humanity's desire for connection through biology, intellectually, politically, all the different ways that you could look at connectedness and scientific, you know, all of that also with my own sense of connection and disconnection from losing my father. And the film came out in 2011. You can still see it online if you just go to connectedthefilm.com. And yeah, that was kind of the launching point of my doing the technology Shabbats. I've made a whole series of other films after that. But yeah, that was a really important film for me to make and hard. And I, I was just thinking I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a long time and might be good to revisit that film. Yeah, I mean, it was very moving and on, on many different levels with, with respect to interconnection, you know, it really raised this tension between the abil incredible ability of technology to help people connect. I mean, even on a simple level, we're in different states now and we're talking to each other as if we're in the same room. And at the same time, the ways in which technology can isolate us and and keep us separated from each other, not be present with each other, even when we're in the same room. Yeah. Well, there, there's one line, connecting broadly is meaningless unless we connect deeply. And I think that's what the tech shot technology Shabbat's were. I was just feeling like I was connecting with so many people, which is amazing and exhilarating. But ultimately, if you're not connecting deeply with the people that you love that are right around you, then something's not right. Well, great. I think that's a, that's a great note to end on. Oh, thank you. I agree. That was so great to talk. It was so great. And I appreciate you asking. <laughs> I was, I, I've been thinking about connected and you're reminding me, I just really need to rewatch it. And, I love hearing how moved people were by it. It means a lot to me because I, it was a hard, hard project to make, but it's been amazing just to hear the life of it afterwards, you know? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. We'll, we'll post links to it and to everything else on the website. So thanks very much. Thanks for joining us for this Technology for Mindfulness podcast with me, Robert Plotkin, and today's guest, independent filmmaker Tiffany Schlein. Find out more about Tiffany Schlein and her work at letitripple.org. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share the episode with your friends. Those and all other links are in the show notes. And check out our blog at technologyformindfulness.com for information and tips about science, technology, and mindfulness. I'm Robert Plotkin, and I'll join you next time on the Technology for Mindfulness podcast. 